Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we're helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all, or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can go to mynsc.org happenings. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout the week. And now, check out this week's sermon. We are in Galatians 5, the end of Galatians 5. It's going to be a, a really a good, encouraging word for you. I tell you, if, um, it, this is a, a topic that, that I love teaching. In fact, uh, we, we make this a matter of topic throughout uh, the course of each year, at least once a year. We just kind of make this a topic that we, that we talk about because it's something that we all struggle with. And the issue is, the topic of the day is victory over sin, victory over sin. And... Um, there are some things that, that I've said in the past that I'm going to say again today, and by the way, I'm going to keep saying them for years and years to come should the Lord tarry, because they're, they're, they're so powerful, we need to be reminded of them, and not only reminded of them, but actually live those things out. So we're going to start in Galatians chapter 5, in verse 13, is, it says this, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. So we are free indeed. I love what my, my dad used to say, because you know, a lot of people, um, they have these thoughts, well, if you were a real Christian, you would look like me, or you would act like me, or you would believe exactly what I believe. And, and I, I just love it that we have freedom in Christ Jesus. He used to say it this way. He said, listen, he said, uh, don't, don't, don't get on me. Like, in, in fact, um, I'm trying to remember his exact phrase, but it was something to the effect of, listen, don't, don't step on my freedoms in Christ and, and I won't step on yours. Like me, meaning this, everybody, if, if God is holding you to a certain level or a certain standard, that's great. If you feel that and you're, and you're moving that in love, in worship, and it's not legalism, it's just because you love the Lord and you believe that the Holy Spirit has called you to it, that's wonderful. But not everybody, have you ever noticed in the Christian faith as, as, as believers, not everybody, not everybody thinks exactly the same thing. Have you ever noticed that? Like there's, there's all these differences. And the truth of the matter is we always hold to the word of God, but there are some areas in, in your life that you might be really convicted about because there are areas of weakness that, that maybe other people are not convicted about because that's not an area of weakness for them. How many know what I'm talking about? Like there are some people say, we just don't watch any TV. And other people say, well, I think TV's fine. Like I don't... I don't see the big deal. Some people say, well, I watch TV, but it's always on like the Inspiration Channel or, you know, uh, TBN or something like that. And every, it doesn't mean that one is a Christian and the, the others are not. It, it just means this, everybody, that God will speak to you through the power of his spirit to tell you how to live life and to live it better. And we all struggle with this issue called the flesh. The, another name for that is the sinful nature. We'll talk about that in a second. Now, Galatians 5, verse 16 says this. So I say, walk by the Spirit. You might want to underline that phrase, walk by the Spirit, in your notes. I'm going to tell you a few things to underline. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are, underline this, led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So we have walked by the Spirit, and we have being led by the Spirit. Verse 19, 
The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before. So this is not the first time he's told this, these churches in Galatia that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And what he's saying is, those who are, are okay in living in sin, that they're not troubled by the sin issue in their life, that they, are, they have really not been made new in Christ. That's what he's saying. He's saying if there are issues in your life, sinful issues in your life, and, and you just live them out and you said, well, I prayed the magic prayer, now I can go do what I want to do, he would actually look at them and say, no, 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 you're confused. You're confused because when you trusted in Christ, you were made new. The old was gone and the new has come. So now you think differently than what you used to think like. At least you should. And if, you, if you're still acting the same, talking to the same, going to the same places, and you have no problem with it, the truth of the matter is, Paul would say, I question your Christianity. I question your relationship with God in Christ Jesus because it seems to me like you haven't been made new. So he's saying if you operate in these, all these areas and if you give into the flesh and it's of no, no issue to you, you don't, feel, you don't, you don't have any uh, feeling of conviction attached to it, well, something is wrong in your heart. Something is wrong in your life. Okay, so he says... The fruit of the Spirit, on the other hand, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I'm going to come back to that. Since we underline this, live by the Spirit, let us, and here's another one to underline, keep in step with the Spirit. So we walk by the Spirit, we are led by the Spirit, we live by the Spirit, we keep in step with the Spirit. How many know that the Holy Spirit needs to be active in your life? Can you see that? The Holy Spirit needs to be active in your life. Now I'm going to go back just one verse, and it says, verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Can I, I want to tell you something, that, that you and I are not called to improve the flesh, we're not called to be better. We're not called to improve the flesh. We're actually, we're actually called, like the flesh in us needs to die. It doesn't need to be improved. It needs to die. It, it has been crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live. But Christ now lives in me. The Spirit of God now fills me. And I am not the same person that I used to be. I have been changed. And yet... Even in being changed and being made new, we still struggle with this issue in our life that, that Paul writes here in Galatians, he calls it the flesh. In other places, for instance, in Romans, he calls it the sinful nature, the sinful nature. In fact, uh, Romans 7, 18 says, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. He says that, that I still struggle. In, in Romans chapter 7 is where he says, you know what, I still struggle. There are some things that I don't want to do, and I do it, and I shouldn't. And there are some things that I do, that, that, that like there's some things that I should do that I'm not doing, and things that I shouldn't do that I am doing. And who's going to save me from this? And he answers it, only Jesus. Like Jesus is the one who will deliver me, is delivering me, and will deliver me. And what he's saying is, I struggle with this sinful nature. So, so. 
Uh, I'm going to prove to you, I'm going to prove to you that this is 100% mass confession. Here in the room, 100% mass confession. How many of you struggle with the sinful nature? Raise your hand really high. Okay. If you didn't raise your hand, you're a liar, and that is proof that you struggle with the sinful nature, right? Because all of us struggle, and I don't care how long you've been a Christian, you will struggle with the sinful nature. You know, there's, there's been people in their, in their 70s, even in their 80s that have come to me and talked to me about certain temptations in the, their life, and they just said, you know, at this age, I just thought those temptations would be gone. I didn't think I would be struggling with these things at this stage of my life. So many of you are, are counting on age, like physical age, for deliverance. And it don't work like that. It just don't. You're like, well, thanks for making my day, Pastor Justin. That's just wonderful. I got old for nothing, you know? Okay. So if you're depending on just physical age to grow out of things, can I tell you, you're always going to struggle with the sinful nature until you are in the perfect presence of God. Until we have that ultimate deliverance, that ultimate freedom, and we are in heaven for all of eternity. You're going to struggle with the flesh, but I've got some good news for you today. Are you ready for some good news? Letter A, write this down. That it's in my nature to sin, but it's in God's nature to love me anyway. Isn't that good news? Can I get a better amen, somebody? That it's in my nature to sin, but it's in God's nature to love me Anyway, that no matter your struggle with sin, and some say, well, pastor, my struggle with sin is far worse than others' struggles, than, 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 than the way others are struggling with sin. How come I'm the one that's more tempted, and how come I'm the one that sins more? Can I, can I tell you something? Some people sin on the outside, other people sin on the inside, and some of us do both really well. How many know what I'm talking about? Like some, have you ever noticed that some sins are so easy to see? And you might look at others who hide their sin or their sin is on the inside and you think that they don't sin at all. And the truth of the matter is we all struggle with the sin nature. All of us do. All of us do. But yet we've, called, we've been called by God to be victorious in those areas of our life. Ultimate victory will happen when we are accepted into the kingdom of God, into heaven. We won't have any more of those struggles. Praise God for that. But until then, we have to know that there is the flesh that we have to deal with. There is the sinful nature that we have to deal with. Let her be. So I want you to know something. This comes from the heart of God, that sin keeps you from experiencing God's best. And, and if you're truly a, a believer in Christ Jesus, well, you don't want to sin. Like there's something inside of you that says, well, that's not what I want to do. Why? Why is that? Well, there's multiple reasons attached to it, but I would say ultimately the ultimate reason is sin keeps you from experiencing God's best. And part of God's best is freedom in your life. He wants you to live a life of freedom in Christ Jesus. He doesn't want you in slavery and in bondage to sin. He doesn't want that. And you know that to be true. As a Christian, you know that God called you out of things and is calling you out of things. And yet... We still struggle with that thing that we said we were never going to do again. But you did it again, didn't you? I know I have. Well, I'm never going to do that again. Well, it didn't take very long before I did. I, I was just telling my son uh, this past couple of weeks, um, 
uh, Isaiah and I were having a, a conversation. He just went back to college a day or two ago. So uh, we were having a conversation and, and we were talking about the, the flesh and the sin nature. And, and I said, Isaiah, there's some, some time periods in my life where I was measuring. He's like, you know, is it okay to make goals? Well, I'm not going to sin for the next seven days. I, I'm not going to do this for the next seven days. I said, Isaiah, at one point, I, I said, I, I had this issue I was really praying about, really, like, God, give me freedom in this area of my life. And, and all of a sudden, I realized it had been like eight months since I'd even been tempted with that sin. Well, the very next day, everybody, boom, there it was. So you know what I'm talking about? Like the moment you think, well, I'm totally free from this thing, all of a sudden, the temptation is there again. The temptation is there again. And I, I'm, I was teaching my son, and I'm teaching all of you. If you just say, hey, hey listen, I, I'm going to go for the next seven days without doing this. I'm going to go for the next month without doing this. I would tell you that's wrong thinking. It's wrong thinking. That when you put a timeline attached to something, you're making it a goal. You're not making it freedom in Christ Jesus. You're not being truly set free. You're just making it a goal. Well, that, that has to do with, when you make it a goal in your life, that has to do with willpower. Well, I'm gonna overcome this if it kills me. Well, it'll probably drive you nuts if it won't kill you, right? Like. It'll be hanging over your head all the time. So I, I, I told my son, I said, son, don't, don't make a week. Don't make two weeks. Don't make two months or, or a year that I'm never going to. Just live moment by moment being led by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit. So, so I don't think of it in terms of a day. I'm, I'm going to go this whole day. Or I'm going to go this whole week. Or I'm going to go this whole month without sinning. I'm just like, right now, I don't know what I'll do tomorrow, but right now, I'm going re to remain a man of integrity right now. I'm not going to give in to this right now. I, I might fail tomorrow, but I'm not going to fail right now. You see how, and then when you live your life like that, just being led by the Spirit, I'm telling you, everybody, it, how, how, many of you, how many of you have ever made that a goal in your life? I'm going to go for at least one week, and I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go for two weeks. And how many have ever set a goal like that? Have you? So, so have I. So have I. And I'm telling you, there's a better way to live life, that that's not truly freedom in Christ Jesus. That's in your own willpower trying to free yourself of something that you cannot free yourself from because you don't have the power to do it. In fact, write this down. Let us see. True followers of Christ don't want to sin yet don't have enough willpower to overcome it on their own. You don't have enough willpower. Your willpower is not enough to overcome sin. And we know that to be true because all of us have tried it. And it failed. Because you still sinned. You say, well, okay, pastor. Well, what do I do? How do, I, how do I get past these things that I want to get past? I want, I want to read to you again a verse that we've already talked about in the series, but it's good for us to come back to it. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 says, For God is working in you, giving you not only the desire, that comes from God, but the power to do what pleases him. Okay, so according to that verse and many others, you don't have the power to overcome sin. Only God can give you that power. That power comes from God and God alone. And a lot of you are depending on yourself to overcome sin. And in that, in that type of relationship with Christ, you are going to be frustrated and guilty for the rest of your days. If you are depending on your willpower to overcome sin, I promise you, you are going to live with a rain cloud over your life every single day of your life. 
that you're you're just gonna live a frustrated life because you don't have the power. You don't have the power. Now, at the same point, if I were to ask how many of us have been delivered, supernaturally delivered from a sin in our life, from an issue in our life that we just don't, we just don't live in anymore. In fact, let's just do that. How many of you have been just supernaturally delivered from a sin in your life? Raise your hand. See, isn't that powerful? And I'm with you. I had this anger problem in my life. I mean, I had anger. I had anger. I I had anger well into into years of full-time ministry, and I prayed about it. In fact, thankfully, before my wife and I met, uh, God delivered me from anger, everybody. And I've, I've never really, it doesn't mean I don't get angry sometimes, but I, ha- I have been supernaturally delivered from anger, supernaturally. Now, the devil tries to come and sneak that back into my life every now and then, and I just refuse to, I just refuse to take it back. God, it's like God just ripped that anger out of my life from its roots, and it was supernatural. And there's been some other issues in my life where I thought, God, you ripped out anger. How come you're not ripping out this? Like, come on, God. My life would be so much better if you would just rip this thing out of my life. Well, the the fact that that thing bothers me and I'm asking God to remove it is proof that I'm in a relationship with my heavenly father, that I have been made new. So first of all, the good news, I am a believer in Christ Jesus. I've been saved. I've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I've been, I'm a recipient of resurrection power. I have been changed, but I still struggle in the flesh, everybody. Even the apostle said, listen, I went to God about this thing multiple times, several times over, three times. I went to him and said, God, remove this from my life. And God said to the apostle, hey, my grace is sufficient for you that in your weakness I'm made strong. And God just chose for whatever reason, I'm not going to rip that thing out of your life. You say, why is that? I don't know. And here's why I don't know. Because I'm not God. I trust, trust me, I am not sovereign. I don't know. I don't know. But I see it in scripture to one of the greatest men in in all of the Bible. And it encourages me. It encourages me that, oh, the apostle felt the same way that I feel sometimes. That he feels the same way you felt. And he, I mean, we look up at him and say, wow, what a man of God. And yet there were some issues. There were some issues. So you say, Pastor, I do want to overcome sin. Yeah, I do too. Okay, well, tell me. Is there even hope? Of course there's hope. Does God have a plan? Of course he has a plan. And you'll always struggle with the sin nature. You'll always struggle with the flesh. But you will see grace upon grace upon grace. And you'll see freedom after freedom after freedom. Because I'm certainly not the man I used to be. I'm not the man I was a year ago. Because God is continually sanctifying me, is the theological word for that. Sanctification. He's making me more pure as as I move in this life, as I journey in this life. He's refining me. In fact, in that same conversation with my son, he, we were talking about a lot of things. He, my, my son Isaiah, he's a deep thinker. He, he, uh, he thinks deep thoughts. And he, he loves to talk about uh, the things of God and just and other things too. He, he's, he's, into, he's extremely intelligent, uh, extremely intelligent. 
and he said, Dad, he said, you know, I've read about ref the refiner's fire in the, in the Bible. He said, is it, is it wrong of me to not want to be refined? <laughs> I said, is it wrong? No, that's something that's normal. That's normal. Because how, how many of us like to be refining? I don't know about you, but refinement, it's not so fun sometimes, everybody. It's just not so fun. And yet, there has certainly been some times in my life, and one of which I shared with my son. I said, son, this was, these were the darkest days of my life. But at the end of it, I, I, I came out of it and I said, God, if that's what it took for me to be free, then thank you for refining me. Thank you for that season. If it brought freedom to my life, thank you, Lord. But in the middle of it, and still now, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. See, refinement is never fun, but at the end of it, you always thank God for it. It's the craziest thing. Like in the moment of being refined, you don't like to be refined, but at the end of it, you say, thank you, Lord, for refining me. Thank you, Father, for bringing freedom to my life that, I'm, that, I, haven't, that I haven't realized before. Thank you, Lord. I don't ever want to go through that again, but thank you, Lord. You've been good to me. And a lot of people, and a lot of churches, a lot of Christians, a lot of pastors, they don't like to talk about refinement. But it's one of the most beautiful things that God will do in your life. It is, it really is. Because on the, on the, on the backside of that, on the end, in the end of that, you'll, you'll be free. You'll be changed. So I'm going to give you some truths to overcome sin. And the first one is so significant, you have to... You have to know this, that you don't have a sin issue. You have a relationship issue. You don't have a sin issue. You have a relationship issue. And what I mean by that is, is I don't mean that we, we don't battle with the flesh. We all do. I've, I've, I've already proven that we all have a sin nature. But I, I want to explain something to you. The very best way to address the flesh to the very best way to become free from the sinful nature and to overcome sin in your life is not through willpower is through relationship it's through relationship it's going to God all the time consistently going to God worshiping him casting your cares upon him showing him gratitude not only for what he's done but what he's doing and what he will do and you don't have a sin, for all those of you in the room, it's like, well, I've got a sin issue. Can I tell you, the, the bigger issue in your life is a relationship issue. So for instance, I, I counseled somebody a, a long time ago now. And they, they came to me and they said, you know what? I, I just have no assurance of, of salvation. I, I have no assurance of really thoroughly being changed. I, I, I got nothing. And, and I looked at him and I, I said, well, I'm going to ask you two questions. A lot of times people have a lack of assurance because of guilt in their life. So is there a secret sin that you have in your life that nobody knows about, only you? And his answer was, yeah. Okay. And I said, have you told anybody about that whatsoever, even in the past? He said, No. I've, I've taught you this before, that secret sins are powerful sins. Secret sins are powerful sins. When you have a sin in your life that is held secret, it holds power over you. But when it is exposed to the light, it loses all of its power. 
That's why the Bible says we go to God for forgiveness, but we go to others for healing, that we confess our sins one to another so that we can be healed because secret sins exposed are no longer powerful sins. That's why everybody's small groups are so important here at New Song. That's why they're so important. That, that's why women's ministry and men's ministry, that's why it's so important. So you can build relationships. We're giving you an opportunity as much as you want to build a relationship with someone else. That way, in your darkest hour, you have somebody to call up and say, you know what, can we, can we talk, brother? Can we go out for some coffee, sister? Like, I, I've got something to talk to you about. And then, and then the way we say it around here is that you take off the mask and you say, this is who I really am. This is who I really am. And that other brother or sister in Christ, they will love you anyway. And in fact, they'll take off their mask or they'll say to you, you know what? I was wearing that mask too for a long time, but I remember when I took it off and God delivered me. So you go to God for forgiveness, but we confess our sins one to another so that we can be healed. So we go to others for healing. That's why you need to be in a small group. That's why some of you need to lead a small group to give other people, for, for those of you, who, especially who are mature in Christ and you've seen freedoms in your life, you need to, you need to take some people around you and, and mentor them and coach them and help them become who they need to be, who they long to be in Christ Jesus. You say, well, pastor, what if only one person shows up? Are you kidding me? That's incredible. That's incredible. I started a church, not a small group. I started a church with 11 people. You're not trying to start a church. You're just trying to make a difference. And if God entrusts you with one, with one person, then you give that person your very best. If God entrusts you with three people, then give those three people your very best and love them like you're their pastor. And in doing so, and in building relationship, they'll take off that mask. And then they're going to experience some freedom like they've never experienced before. And you're going to go home that night with the biggest smile on your face and praise to God in your heart that you were able to make a difference in somebody's life. Everybody, we offer multiple opportunities for you to get plugged in, and you need to do it. You need to do it. You need it. You need it. So you don't have a sin issue, you have a relationship issue. The second thing is sin should propel me towards God and not away from him. But the devil will come in and say, hey, listen, you're a sinner, don't go to God. You don't deserve to God. You're too guilty to go to God. But the truth of the word of God is, the truth of what God says is, your sin should propel you towards him, not away from him. So in your sin, you need to run to God. You need to run to God, not only for salvation, but also for freedom, for help. He's a very present help in times of trouble. The psalmist said, I called out to God and he delivered me. I ran to him and I was safe. So if you say, well, I've got a sin problem in my life. Well, you're just like the rest of us. Well, I don't feel comfortable going to God. Well, would you rather go to the devil? Uh, no, thank you. Okay. 
Well, that should make the point right there that God is ready to receive you and love you and set you free from that, from that sin. So what I do is I, I come before God. In fact, I, I do it every day, every day. I, I always start by, by worshiping the Lord. I always start my prayer time. Lord, thank you for being such a wonderful father to me. Thank you for your goodness and your righteousness and your grace and your mercy and your love for me. It overwhelms me. I say, I, I, I join with what Jesus said and say, hallowed be thy name. So I just worship the Lord for a little while. And then, and then I, I, I start praying for other people. Now in my world, I, I pray for my wife first because outside of God, it's the most important relationship that I have. So I, so I go through the order of things. I, I pray for my wife and then I pray for my children. And then I, I pray for, for my, my family, my, my, you know, uh, my mom, my in-laws, my, my siblings, my ne nephews and nieces, and I, I just pray for family, and then I pray for all of you. And then I pray for the things that God puts on my heart, whether missionaries or friends that are going through things, and I have a, a prayer list that I pray through that are specific people that I, that I pray for. And then after that, I pray for me, B because the Bible says for me to cast my cares upon the Lord because he cares for me. And to make my request known to the Lord that I have not because I ask not. So I go ahead and ask. I just don't put me first. Why? Because that, that's, the, that's the biblical approach. It's the right approach. So I'm, I'm in there. I'm in there. And I, I just call out to God, God, I need you to refine me. I need you to help me. There's some things in my life that I still don't like about me. Would you, would you deliver me from these things, Lord? Would you, would you work in me these things? Sometimes... I'm pretty impatient. Sometimes I, have a di sometimes I have difficulty trusting God. And I live my life as a man of faith. If you know me, I'm a man of faith. But I'm a man of faith because, not because of my emotions. I'm a man of faith because that's who I choose to be. I can either trust God or not. Well, sometimes my emotions say don't trust him. But my heart and my mind overrides my emotions and I trust him anyway so I say Lord I'm sorry for not trusting you I trust you today I'm choosing to I'm choosing to be a man of faith today I'm choosing to be the man that you've called me to be today and I, I just lay it I just lay it out there everybody so sin should propel you towards God I confess to God those things those struggles that I have in my life and it pushes me towards him because he's my help where does my help come from it comes from the Lord it comes from the Lord right? Okay, so that's, that's, that's how I deal with that. The third thing is, I've already said this, but I don't have the power to overcome sin by myself. I need help. I need to go to others. I need to get plugged in with some, some relationships, some, some friendship where people can encourage me and cheer me on in the faith. But watch this, number four, that my greatest resource for for victory in my life is the Holy Spirit. My greatest strength, my, my greatest resource in overcoming sin in my life is actually the Holy Spirit in my life. How do I know? Well, Paul makes it so clear in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 25. He's talking about the flesh. He's talking about gratifying the, the, the sinful nature, gratifying the desires of the flesh. And he's saying, how do we counter that? How do we counter that? And he says it multiple times in, in, in multiple ways. And here they are, everybody. Here are these bullet points. The first one is, I must walk by the Holy Spirit. I must walk by the Holy Spirit. 
I must be led by the Holy Spirit is the next one. Am I going too fast? I must live by the Holy Spirit. I must keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And the final one, he writes in Ephesians to the church at Ephesians, he says, I must be filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine because that will actually ruin the course of your life if you give in to sin. The Bible says it's a sin to get drunk. So don't give in to drunkenness. Don't live a life of sin. He said, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he says, walk by the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, be filled with the Holy Spirit. How many know that the Holy Spirit needs to be active in your life? And sometimes we struggle with this concept, everybody. Because a lot of times people think when they, when they read this, you know, maybe your first thought was like, because we're in Indiana, I'll use this um, as, a, as an illustration. They think of it like Indy 500. They think of it as the Holy Spirit is the pace car. And my job is to follow that pace car and just kind of go, go where the pace car goes and try to keep up. That, that's not what Galatians 5 is saying. That's not what Galatians 5 is saying. That it's not a pace car. You need to think of it in terms of as a locomotive. That you are connected to the Holy Spirit. That you have been linked to the Holy Spirit. So wherever he goes, you are attached to the Holy Spirit and you will go. You're walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, living by the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit. Wherever the Spirit goes, you go. Whatever the Spirit says, you say. Whatever the Spirit wants to do in your life, you let him do it in your life. That you're not, you're not trying to keep up. You're, being, you're attached to the Holy Spirit. In fact, Paul goes on and says, no, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Whatever fills you, controls you. Jesus said that himself. Where did he say that? There's a portion of scripture. Jesus is teaching and he says, listen, um, pretty much whatever you allow in is what's going to come out. He says what, he literally says it this way, whatever food you put into your body is eventually going to come out. How many know what he's talking about? You said, Jesus talked about that? Yes, he did. Read it for yourself. It's in there. And what he's saying is, whatever, whatever is inside of your life will come out in your life. So you are controlled by whatever fills you. Think about that for a second. So what are you filling your life with? Are, are, you, are, you giving, are you giving this world 23 hours and 30 minutes a day and, and Jesus only 30 minutes? Because whatever fills you controls you. Am I stepping on some toes? Do you, do you watch TV for five hours a day and barely think about Jesus at all? Because whatever fills you controls you. I'm trying to help you. It doesn't mean I'm against TV. In fact, right now, my, my daughter and I, we have been watching 
you're, you're going to think, boy, Pastor Justin, you are so simple-minded. And probably, I probably am, but we, we are watching all of Little House on the Prairie every, every show in a row. We're in season four right now, everybody. I'm not ashamed to say it. Because, you know, it's very hard to find good TV shows on these days. And, and I, I really, so I'm not against television, everybody. I'm not against television. But I am against filling, filling my life with things that are ungodly because I know something that many of you don't know. Whatever fills you controls you. And so I'm very cautious about what fills me. And so I go to God every day. I'm, I'm constantly praying all day long. I, I start every day in prayer. But trust me, I pray all day long, all day long. I, I'm just always, I'm ready to pray at any moment. You better not stop me in Walmart because I might pray for you, right? And some of you are like, please do, I don't care. It, it, I, I'm, I'm just thinking about the things of God all the time. I'm asking God, God, what do you want me to do? When I see somebody in need, God, do you want me to solve that? Do you want me to help there? Do you want me to encourage? Do you want me to counsel? Do you want me to speak life? I'm always in communication with my heavenly father. Because whatever fills me controls me. And I've been filled by the power of God and the word of God and the Holy Spirit of God. But not as much as I want. I want more. I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want more of the power of God. I want more of the word of God. I, I, I desire it. I long for it. I crave it, everybody. Do you? Because whatever fills you controls you. Whatever fills you controls you. You say, Pastor, I, I, want to be, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm glad. If that's you today, I'm so proud of you. Let me say it a different way. That God is so proud of you because he wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, Pastor, I, I don't know how. I don't know much about that. Well, I'm going to tell you something. First of all, every single true believer, true follower of Christ is already filled with the Holy Spirit. You are. That's what the Bible says. But I, I promise you that, that God has more, that the Holy Spirit has more in store for you. That's why he says there are gifts that you can pursue, that you can ask for, that you can desire. There's fruit of the Spirit that you operate in very easily. But can I tell you, there's some other fruit of the Spirit that sometimes I struggle with. I need more of the Holy Spirit in my life. So in order to be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit, in order to receive a portion of the Holy Spirit I've never received before, let, let, let me say it this way. If I want something that I've never had, I have to do something that I've never done before. And some of you have never pursued the Holy Spirit to the level of Holy Spirit filled me. Well, we're in 21 days of prayer right now. What a better time to do it than right now. Every single day. You're spending some time in prayer. And in that prayer time, I challenge you, I beg you that you take some time and you say, Holy Spirit, fill me because whatever fills me controls me. And I want to be totally controlled by you. So fill me. Fill me. And then by faith, you say, Holy Spirit, I receive what you're giving me today. And if it were me, I would open up my hands toward heaven, just symbolic of receiving. Holy Spirit, I receive whatever you have for me today. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives as he determines. 
So you say, well, what's going to happen? I don't know, but it's going to be good. I don't know, but you're going to love it. I don't know, but you're going to be changed by it. I just challenge you. I challenge you. I challenge you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me. Because I want to be controlled by you. You receive the word of the Lord today, yes or no? All right, let's stand up together. I'm going to pray a blessing over you today. The application of this message is very obvious. I try to make it very obvious every single day. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, have your way in me. Pray that prayer. Let, let me say it this way, that I cannot seek the Lord on your behalf. I mean, I mean, I can. I can go to God for you, but I cannot, I cannot, I cannot ask the Lord for you. I can't put that desire in you. Only you can do that. I can't receive the Holy Spirit for you. Only you can do that. How many know what I'm talking about? And so I'm going to speak a blessing over you, but whether you receive this and, and whether you seek the Holy Spirit every single day, that's up to you. I know what I'm going to do. But your response now is your responsibility. And I'm just telling you, it's a, the best life you'll ever live is a life filled with the Holy Spirit. I promise you, it is. And that's not wacky. That's not weird. It's biblical. It's in the Bible, everybody. And we need to do it. Hold, open your hands toward heaven. Would you do that? Heavenly Father, I speak a blessing over New Song Church. I bless them, Lord, with a love for you like they have never known. I bless them not only with the desire, but the discipline to seek you all of their days. I bless them with hearts that are receptive to receive your Holy Spirit. Lord, I declare over them an outpouring of your spirit in their life, in their family, in their home. I speak it in Jesus' name. The Father, they will not have to fight for it, that, that the infilling of the Holy Spirit, Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit would come quickly, that they would be ready for it. They'd be ready for your power. They'd be ready for your strength. They'd be ready for your anointing. They'd be ready for your spirit. Father, prepare their hearts right now. And I speak that in the name of Jesus. Give them hearts that are receptive to your spirit. Hearts that will receive. And hearts that will be changed as they seek you. And we pray, Holy Spirit, fill me. Can we pray that together, new song? You ready? Holy Spirit, Fill me. Let's pray that again. Holy Spirit, fill me. I want more of you. I want more of you. Can we just lift our hands to the Lord? More of you, Holy Spirit. More of you, Father. More of you, Jesus. I want more of you. I'm not satisfied. I want more. I long for you more. I desire you first and most. So fill me, Holy Spirit, I pray. I thank you, Lord, that lives are being changed and will be changed according to your word and according to your promises in Christ Jesus. And we agree upon it together. In Jesus' name, the strong Son of God. And if you receive it today, say a big amen. 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 I love you guys. Remember, one invitation can change a life. So bring somebody back with you next Sunday morning. God bless you guys. 
As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org contact. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones who God is using to make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Thank you for watching. We hope you tune in next week.